Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. starting a new series and uh, at four o'clock this evening the Lord uh, impressed upon me to uh, deal with a certain subject and I will tell you now that it's it's going to be a challenging message uh, and and you know what we need to be challenged yeah we need to be challenged uh, our lesson today uh, the the um, title of the message is Victory Over Lust. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad you made it tonight? Um, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 15 through 17. First John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen. Well, you there? Say I'm there. So it says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes." And the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now the text starts by saying, love not the world. And then verse 16, he tells us what, what's in the world. He says, the lust of the flesh. Uh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. So first of all, let's define what, what it means, what, what this scripture means by the world, because most of the time when we hear world, we think earth. Uh, but when the Bible makes reference to the world, it's talking about a system of, op a system of operation that goes against the word of God. Uh, the word, or the world, I'm sorry, is a way of doing things that go against God's word. It's a way of thinking that goes against God's word. Now, we are born again, and we are abiding in what's called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. It's God's way of thinking. So we have the world's way of doing things versus the kingdom's way of doing things. One goes against the word of God, the other lines up with the word of God. So we're going to deal with victory over flesh. Now, a text says, love not the world, or better yet, don't fall for the system that goes against God's word. This is so important right now in the time that we live in. And let me say this to you. It's time that Folks, know whose side you're on. <laughs> the 
Because sometimes, you know, it looks like everybody's wearing the same uniform. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to tell the difference between the church, the church and the world. Uh, we're so busy trying to be p p politically correct, and folk around us are, are going to hell. We need some folk to take a stand. Now, I told you you're going to be challenged tonight. We need some folk that will say, just like Daniel, go ahead on and put me in the lion's den. Some folk to, to, that will say, like the three Hebrew boys, go ahead on and put me in the fiery furnace. And no matter what you say, I'm going to stand for God. I will not bow. I will not bow for the system of this world. Now, and the outcome will be the same. I'll come out with no evidence of what I've been in. Because when I stand for God, God stands with me. Amen? Amen. Now, the last part of this, uh, this uh, message is going to be, well, actually all of it, is going to be time for us to take some self-examination. This is not for you to look around at anybody, but I want us to take a self-exam. Scripture tells us that what this world has to offer is lust, lust, and more lust. In the world, you're going to find the lust of the flesh, in the world, you're going to find the lust of the eyes. And then the scripture says the pride of life, which is the assurance of one's ability, which is really the lust for power. Now, look at verse 17 again. I want to read it in the, in the amplified version of the Bible. And the world passes away and disappears. And with it, the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in his life abides, uh, carries out his purpose in his life abides or remains forever. Now, I want you to check this out. The writer says, yeah, you got all this stuff going on, but it's going to end. All the stuff that's going on in the world, all the stuff that the world is excited about, you need to know it's going to end. All of this world's way of doing and this world's way of thinking is going to pass away. But it says the person that will do the will of the Father will abide forever. The Message Bible says this, whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Whoever, see, I don't know about you, but I want to be set for eternity. You know, a lot of people are, are concerned about being set in this world, I want to make sure, and you know, of course, you, you know, you ought to make provisions for yourself in this world, but we need to make sure that we are set for eternity because all the stuff that we count important is fading away. The house, the car, the money, the clothing, all the people that you're, you're all this stuff, it's just fading. It's it's, 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 not, it's not eternal. So we, we've got to get to the place where we make sure that we are set for eternity. Now, let, let me give you the definition for the word lust. 
Lust is an intense appetite to fulfill selfish gratifications. And notice I said intense because lust is extreme. It's, it's, listen, listen. It's an appetite that is never satisfied. You notice, and I, you know, we can all say at some point we gave in to lust at some point, but you'll notice that there's always a craving. If you give in to it, if you open the door for it, and you think you appease it one time, it's going to be knocking at the door tomorrow. And see, it starts off small, but it increasingly gets, it gets bigger and bigger, and before you know it, you're way out somewhere trying to figure out how you got there. Now, lust has a purpose, and that purpose is to lure you out of the will of God. That's if you're born again. It's to lure you out of the will of God. And if you're not born again, the purpose of lust is to keep you from coming into the will of God. Lust will corrupt and destroy your life. Lust lures and it entices us through seduction. To be seduced means to be persuaded to be disobedient or to be disloyal. Seduction is designed to lead you into disobedience. And let me tell you something. Uh, our enemy, Satan, can be slick with it. I came to help you. I came to help I, I, I have to help. Let, let's say, let, let's just use this. Let's just use this as an example. Let's say a man uh, has a, a thing for women with red toenail polish. <laughs> so, red toenail polish serves as a seduction for this man, trying to pull him into disobedience, trying to lure him into being disloyal to God. And then one thing you got to know is that the devil has game tape on all of us. And he, he's, he's seen what's lured you in before. So he'll set you up. You, you need to know that the devil will set you up. You will be in church praising God and fool around and drop your ink pen. And Lord have mercy, there's some red toenail polish. <laughs> but that's the time that you've got to recognize the trick of the devil. Yeah. And listen, 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 listen. Let me tell you this. And if you got to move, you got to move. You have to get out of the line of fire. Come on, anybody, and you, I don't need to see your hands, but just think about uh, things that you've been delivered from. And think about how the devil always tries to bring you back to where you came from. 
the devil is not happy about your spiritual growth. And he's going to do whatever he can do to, to, to distract you and to bring you back to where you came from. Boy, don't talk about testifying. I'm talking about testifying to what you've been delivered from. And oh, I thank God for delivering me from this. I thank God. You can, be, you can rest assured that the enemy is coming. And he knows what you like. He knows what you like to see. And he knows what you like to hear. He has all the right words. He knows what you like to see, and he knows what you like to hear. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Now look, how many times are we going to fall for the same tricks? How many times are we going to entertain conversations that we know we can't handle? Y'all look up now, look up. You know when the phone rings. You know when the phone rings, and you know when you see who it is, you know what's on the other end. And you know what happened the last time you answered. And a hush came over the room. You know the last time what happened when you answered the phone, you found yourself going back, doing things you said you would never do. Then you came to church right after your hands was heavy. <laughs> your neighbor, I'm telling you to touch your neighbor, your neighbor looking at you like, no, I don't want to touch them. They just they look like they, <laughs> they look like they're just upset here tonight. We've got to, we've got to get to the place, we got to get to the place where we recognize the tricks of the enemy. You know. You have no idea how I had to fight after, after be, being a pastor and after being transparent and talking about all the stuff that God had delivered me from. Do you know that just opened me up, that put me in the line of fire? When I first started pastoring, man, they had women coming from everywhere. And, and here, here, here's the trick of the devil. They were coming from everywhere, and they heard my testimony about how I'd been delivered from all of this stuff. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that kind of stuff with, with a worldly woman will, will, will make them want to, you know, like, well, I'm going to see. Okay, all right, all right. Y'all live in another world. I'm just, I'm going to be real with you. Yeah, I'm going I'm to see if he delivered. I had, um, can I say this? Yeah. <laughs> I had, a, I had, I had somebody that wanted me, uh, to bless their business when I first started pastoring. And, um, I was living in Kenner at the time. And um, I had a wedding to do one Saturday. And the person says, oh, since you got a wedding, right after the wedding, you can come and bless my business. 
I said, well, cool, I'll do that. That's no problem. So after the wedding, I, uh, I, uh, I was there, and they were there waiting for me. They got out the car by the back back here and had on Deja Dukes. But what they didn't know is I didn't come by myself. My wife walked right out. <laughs> oh, Lord. My wife walked right out the back door with me. And you could, you could just see the disappointment. <laughs> and then when we get to the place of business, it's closed. Can't you see the setup? So we, all, we, ha we have to always be on guard. I had another incident. I had another incident where I had a, I had an usher that was working here, and there was a young lady that started coming around the church, and uh, she uh, she got close to the usher because he was close to me, and uh, he gave the woman my cell number, and I said, uh, and she called me, and she was fine. get saved you act like you don't know what fine is no more. I just don't understand that. I just, I don't understand that. I mean, boy, you're so hypocritical. Now, you, you, when you ain't in church, you be like, oh, ooh, ooh. Well, she was fine. And uh, she called me. And I'm saying, what up? How you got my number? And she said, Brother Brown. I said, Brother Brown gave you my number. I, I, I want to talk to you about a business that I want to start, and you're a businessman, and I would love to be able to sit down and talk to you. Baby, you can't sit down and talk to me. <laughs> not, not Branches Brown. That was another Brown. Branches uh, <laughs> 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 looking at me. No, it was another Brown. Not you, Branches. Branches. <laughs> 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 I'm looking over there. Branches. Branches looking at me like a straight gangster. What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Another brown that came from the church uptown. You, you cool, Branches. He ain't here no more. That's why I call his name. Um, <laughs> but you know what I did after that call? I changed my number. You, you have to take yourself out of the line of fire because the enemy is doing everything he can do to mess you up. He wants to trip you up. Now, we all have to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves the question. What has the potential to have a pull in my life? What can pull you? What can lure you? Uh, I told Liz one day I was, I was talking about how I was obsessed with fried chicken. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with fried chicken. And uh, I knew it wasn't good for me. I knew it was bad for my health. And I had said I was finished with it. This is some time ago. I said, I'm, I'm finished with this. And then I had a friend of mine just called me up and told me about a restaurant in New Orleans. And his statement was, the best fried chicken in the world. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, the reports are out. 
It's the best fried chicken in the world. So one day I was on my way to New Orleans. And while I was driving on my way to New Orleans, all I could do was hear his voice saying, the best <laughs> fried chicken in the world. And my car just started moving in that direction. I had on a suit and tie that day. I'll never forget it. After I got my chicken, I had grease everywhere. And when I, when I finished, when I finished, I felt so guilty. I felt horrible. I felt terrible. Now, Brother Andrews goes to the same place every day. <laughs> and the Andrews I'm talking about, he's here. <laughs> I said at that time, that I've got to get victory over this. Because this is just the enemy trying to take me out. And I'm not talking about Brother Andrews. I'm just talking about me personally. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't handle that kind of food. As I'm, Brother Andrews has like an uh, ironclad stomach. <laughs> but I just, I can't handle that kind of food every day. It's just not good for, for my health. Yeah. So what I had to do was I had to stay away from it. And li listen to me. There are some things and some people you just have to stay away from. <laughs> See, if you keep the wood away from the fire, you no longer will have fire in the fireplace. So, so lust, lust lures us into disobedience. Now, I want to show you how it works. Go to James uh, 1, James chapter 1. James 1, and we're going to start reading at verse number 12. Verses 12 through 15. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for, he is, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Starts off in verse 12 by saying, Blesses a man that will endure or outlast temptation. Now, when this verse talks about temptation, it means the pressure being applied to your flesh. The word temptation means a solicitation designed to lead you into wrongdoing. Temptation is also, and it is also, um, or is is also people, places, and things that entice you to sin. People, places, and things that entice you to sin. Listen to me, because I want you to think about it. Temptation is people, places, and things 
things that entice you to sin. So if you have people in your life that every time you're with these people, you find yourself in sin, means you need to change your company. If you go to certain places, and every time you go to these certain places, you find yourself in sin, you need to stop going. And things. It, things could be a lot of stuff. There could be certain movies you watch and entice you to sin. There could be certain songs you listen to. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all know I'm telling the truth? How many times, how many times, and y'all just look up and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. How, how often have people been riding along, minding their business, listening to the radio, and then they throw on one of those old school jams and it makes you think about somebody. Whoo, <laughs> that was our song. Man, I remember, man. Man, look, when the Isaac Brothers were singing that, but me and my girl, man, I'll never forget, man. Ooh, wee. <laughs> we was out on the lake. Man, I'll never forget that, man. And then, hey, listen, 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 though. Listen how, how it works, though. Next thing in, your mind says is, man, I wonder where she at. I wonder what she had, man. I mean, you know, man, she was special, man. <laughs> Next thing you do, you're on Facebook searching for people. Oh, come on now, y'all. Right, come on, let's get real with it. Let's get real with it. Well, I know what her maiden name was. I mean, Verse 12, we're going to look at it in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Verse 12 in the Amplified Version of the Bible says, Blessed, happy, to be envied is a man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Listen to this. Temptation stands between you and your promotion. See, you can't get promoted until you pass the test. Oh, listen to me. Why am I held back? Why is it that every time it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead, why is it that I keep being held back. And other people are going before me. Could it, could it be that you have a test that you have not passed? Is it a temptation that you keep giving into? God is saying, I can't, I can't let you go there if you keep going there. Hmm. 
verses 13 and 14 in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Listen to this. Let no man, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God, for God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire, lust, and passion. See, Satan's plan is the arousal of desire or emotions. And he wants to control how your desires or your emotions are met. He wants our desires to master us rather than us mastering our desires. It's really his plan uh, that your desires really take control over you. It's called addiction. Now, in the devil's hands, your desires lead to deception. The moment you take the devil's bait, then you're deceived. And I've said this in the past, any good fisherman will bait his hook before he puts it in the water. And that's exactly what the devil does. He puts bait on the hook. You think the devil's going to just tell you, hey, uh, uh, or he's going to just take a, a hook. You've never seen a real good fisherman uh, just take a, a shiny gold hook and just throw it in the water and expect the, the, the fish to bite on it. No, the fish bite on it, he'll put something on it that the fish likes. So then when the fish bites on it, see, the fish is just trying to get dinner, not trying to be dinner. And that's what the devil does. He, he puts out, he's got a hook, but he's got it baited with something. And he's got it and he's not going to bait it with something you don't like. He, he's going to bait it with something you like. The devil, the devil never tries to trip me up with a man. Now, he's never done that. He's never, the devil never said, see, I got him now. Oh, I'm going to send this one to him. Never. <coughs> no, never. No. Never. No. That ain't never been my issue. Never. That's never, ever been my issue. Ain't nothing about this boy that looks good to me. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but see, the devil knows what you like. Do y'all know I'm telling the truth? And he's always sending things that you Sending people just like you like them. You like him tall, dark, and handsome? He's got that in his camp. He'll send that your way. You like him a little pudgy? He knows he, he'll send that your way. You like somebody that's got a gift of gab? He, he got all that in his he got all that. If you like, if you like Coke bottles, guys, he got that. If you like three liters, he got that. He got, he got all that. He knows. He knows. Do they still make three liters? He knows what you like. So he baits the hook. See, 
Satan deceives us by planting evil thoughts or ideas in our minds. And, and listen to me. One thing you have to understand is he can't make you do anything. But he can build deceitful desires in your mind. And see, I don't care who you are, you will have some evil thoughts to hit your mind. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. I don't care who you are. You may be trying to fool your neighbor, but I don't care who you are, you will have some evil thoughts to hit your mind. I don't care. I know you got a big Bible. I know you're, you know all the scriptures. I know you're in church all the time. I don't care who you are, you'll have some evil thoughts to cross your mind. I've been riding with my wife in the car. <laughs> Driving. <laughs> and she's sitting on the side of me. Did you see everything you wanted to see? statement is, don't take the bait. Come on, tell somebody right next to you. Say, don't take the bait. Now, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Desire leads to deception. And deception leads to disobedience. Verse 15. When I read this in the Amplified. Then the evil desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. Now, I want you to look at the analogy of conception, pregnancy, and birth here. When an unlawful desire is welcomed and then acted upon, that act of conception produces a child of disobedience called sin. And like any other child, sin will grow once it's been born. You start out with something that you consider small, and before you know it, you're in deep waters. So desire leads to deception, and deception leads to disobedience, and disobedience leads to death. The 15th verse ends by saying, when sin is finished with you, it brings forth death. I, I want to read this, because I read this earlier today. I want to read verses 13 through 15 in the, in the Message Bible. Don't let anyone under pressure to give you, to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and uh, only us. We have no one to blame but our leering, seducing, flaring up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. 
Now, this may not be physical death, and it could be. But Satan's biggest goal is the death of your destiny. You know, and this is why we, we get tripped up with sin. We get tripped up with sin because we don't see the immediate effects of it. And see, a lot of times, something's dying in your future. Ooh, tell somebody, don't look at my, my pastor like that. Tell please. You ought to see the way these people are looking at me. Satan's biggest goal is the death of your destiny. And let me tell you this. The devil seduces you, but at the end, he laughs at you for being crazy enough to leave the word of God to obey what he said. He's laughing at you. He's laughing at you when you lose your family. He's laughing at you when you lose all your finances. He's laughing at you. But he'll make it look good. He'll make it feel good. But don't get caught up in momentary feelings. See, what, 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 you, what, what we need to do is, and what we don't do is we don't read the small print. See, there's a, there's a price tag attack, uh, attached to sin. That's a, just like I was talking about uh, uh, cigarettes last, last Sunday how people will get a pack of cigarettes and they don't read that small print that says if you open me up, you pull me out, you put me up to your lips, and you light me up, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I, that's, that's what it basically says. Yeah. So we don't read the small print. We just do what, what we want to do. And see, the devil, has, the devil has all kinds of tricks and he wants to seduce us, but we don't, we don't see what's attached to it. We don't see what's attached to it. He's, his, his job is to steal, kill, destroy. That's what he does. Let me, let me read 16 and 17 in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Don't be misled, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light and the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning as in an eclipse. Now, don't be misled. When we allow the devil to deceive us, it causes us to miss out on what God has for us. And uh, I'm not just talking about natural stuff. Because the world can give you natural stuff. But if we, you go back to, to Genesis, you'll find out the biggest loss that Adam and Eve suffered was spiritual. They lost intimacy with God. They died spiritually the moment they disobeyed God. And according to Genesis 3 and 8, they hid themselves from God's presence the first time. See, that's what playing with sin will do. It will have you running in the wrong direction. Now, let me, let me close, because I know this is a lot. I believe that there's some folk here tonight that's been deceived, and Satan has been having you run in the wrong way. But tonight, you need to run back to God. Uh, 
John 16 and 33 says, as long as we're here, we're going to have some trials and tribulations. But the good news is, we've been given power and victory already. Now, yes, you will be tempted. Yes, you will be tested. Yes, you will be tried. But no, you don't have to be destroyed by it. Because you've been given victory over everything that you will ever face and everything that will ever stand up against you. And I want you to listen to this. If you've fallen, it's just time for you to get up. Listen, listen, listen to me. God still loves you. And God still wants the best for you. Get up, dust yourself off, and let's just move forward. Here's, here's my last scripture, and I'll read it in the Message Bible only. Romans 8, and I'll start reading it, verse 29. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously com completing what he had begun. So what do you think? With God on your side like this, can, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, Embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely, freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. No trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Thank you, Jesus. They, they, they kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinking or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. God loved us so much that he gave us the best that heaven had to offer. 
when he gave us Jesus. Now it's time for us to love him enough to live for him. Our lives, and I say this to you all the time, and I'll close with this statement. Jesus was the best gift that could, be, could ever be given for us. We have eternal life because of him. The life we live now is the gift we give back to God. Now, at some point, we've got to take into consideration what we're giving back. God, you gave me, I got to make it personal, you gave me your best. Now, I have to give you mine. And that's, that's all, that's all I want to say to you. Let's God, let's give God our best. You know, and again, man, you know, we're going to deal with temptation and all that stuff. But if you just keep in mind that God's watching. There's some people in this church that have more respect for me than they have for God. Which is absolutely sad to say. You're not going to do certain things in front of me because you respect me as your pastor. You going in the daiquiri shop and you see a car look like mine, you almost break your neck. <laughs> oh, Jesus, was that him? Jesus, Lord. Oh, my God. I, I think he saw me. You come to church, you probably miss a couple of Sundays just to see if I'm going to you know, let, hope he'll forget about it, but, you know, by third Sunday. <laughs> you have that kind of respect for me. But we do everything we're big enough to do right in front of God. Ooh. We say all kinds of stuff right in front of God. I think quite often we forget that he's omnipresent. I think a lot of times we forget that he's present everywhere. And then I think we forget that we, the church believers, are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So not only is he in my presence, but he's in me. So, so, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going to stop right here. But So, listen, if he's in me everywhere I go and everywhere, everything I do, I involve him. Can I ask you a question? Where you been bringing God? <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> oh, Lord, everybody was like. you was with me. Maybe you have forgotten. But this is a wake-up call for me. You know what, man? If we if we just if we just use that, that'll help us walk right. 
if we just if we just remember that, if we remember that God is listening to all my words, and another thing is I, I've got to give an account of everything that I say. If I just remember that, and I remember that God is on the inside of me, and wherever I go, He goes. You know that's going to change your life. You're talking about you need somebody to help you and look over you. You, you just got to remember. You got to Well, I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you're ever in the greater New Orleans area, please visit Destiny Christian Center at 612 Main Street in Laplace, Louisiana. If not, you can visit us at destinychristian.org slash radio. 